Hi, everybody. This is Jose Palomino with another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. And today we're continuing our series on B2B strategy, specifically growth strategy and specifically for companies in the small to mid market. And simple thought is this strategy is for everybody. It's important. But often the way strategy gets taught or talked about seems a little heady, seems a little big company-ish. Like if you're running GE, this is strategy. And the reality is every company needs strategy because at the end of the day, the definition I like to use as strategy is really the decisions you need to make around people, processes, and resources to accomplish your major goals. And so we've been walking you through a couple of questions and ways to look at those questions and process them to lead to a growth strategy. The first being, of course, setting growth goals. The second is knowing your target customer or identifying your target customer. The third is creating unique, emphasis on the word unique, unique value for those customers. And last we covered how to connect with those customers. And today we're going to talk about expanding those customers. So assuming you've had success, you're connecting, you do offer unique value, people want to do business with you, you're starting to get traction, what else can you do? And this is really critical. The what else can you do is everything. It's, it's really in many ways the payoff of the strategy. So whatever your revenue or unit sales goal was in step one, whatever your margin goals were either, uh, and it should be both as a percentage goal and a dollar uh, generated by your business at the end of the year, that's a margin goal. Whatever your EBITDA goal was, which you should have a profitability goal for your business, uh, because that's the overall efficiency of the company and how it's working. And whatever your valuation goal, which you can't know unless you really shop your business, but you do have an idea and we can use a, a rough metric in most industries of three or four times EBITDA. And that's a good thing to keep as a kind of a scorecard, uh, even if it's just for yourself as an owner. And you may not want to share that with everybody on staff because they could read that as um, you know, the, the ship's being sold today, which may not be the case, uh, but it's good for you to know what it's worth. But I think a lot of owners do share that with their team to, to really give a sense of what enterprise value they've created. So that's kind of your goal, your target customer, your target value, the creating unique value, and then connecting with them, which we talked about last. And today we're going to talk about just how do you expand that, uh, that success? And that's the first word we want to start with is success. And here's, here's what I mean by that. What does success look like for your customer? Not for you. For you, it could be you sold them 18 sprockets or a million widgets or whatever it was. That's success for you. But what does success look like for your customer? Do you understand that? You can't begin to expand your footprint with your customer until you understand what success looks like for them, which means you have to ask questions around that. So if you sell something, let's say you sell a uh, conveyor belt extension unit for uh, for a part of a conveyor system that's used to produce, whether it's laptops or used to produce cookies, doesn't matter. And your unit, your product is a $10,000 unit in that, in that visualizing that chain of events. But success for them is increased productivity so they could sell twice as many cookies or they can meet the big order they had with Walmart or Target or something like that. So those are things that really you need to understand that because once you know that and you say, ah, so if I could offer them something else, 
that would enhance that success, they'd be probably very uh, predisposed to want to talk to me about it and to be uh, predisposed to take seriously anything we might offer that adds to that value. My language now goes into their success language, their value, what, what is value to them. So don't move on into thinking about expansion until you really understand that and that you've had those conversations with at least somebody at your customer so you understand what matters to them. And you may think it's self-evident. I mean, they're buying valves because they're running a fluid through a production plant. So valves must be important to them. Well, yeah, and, and obviously the, the plant has to run, but what, what else is there? It could be that they're trying to increase production. They're trying to run a 24-hour operation where they were running a 12-hour operation. Uh, these are things that until you understand that, you can't even begin to tee up additional ways to help them. So just keep that in mind. Success, how your customer defines success is the key to understanding. First of all, are you in fact creating step two, unique value for them? but also how your successful sale, you already sold it, how they're seeing that, how they're measuring that, that purchase over time. That's critical. Uh, in other words, how are they scoring you is what it comes down to or scoring that purchase. And it could be that they're, it, it's not something that's obvious to them until you start asking the questions. Well, what does this affect? You may be offering a small, like a validation service of some sort um, that is a small beer. It's, you know, it's a thousand dollar service. You do a lot of it and everybody needs it in a particular industry. Without it, they can't move forward. But when you realize that they're, that they're looking to move $20 million worth of services and your validation service is the next and final step, well, that's pretty important. And success becomes pretty important, importantly defined uh, by needing your service to be what they expected it to be. So the second thing we look at is, uh, you know, the, the classic or what I think is the greatest uh, marketing idea or question ever developed in the history of ever was when, and I believe it was McDonald's originated the idea of asking every patron who comes through, would you like fries with that? Now, today we take that for granted and everybody thinks that's obvious, of course. Everybody must have asked that question, but it wasn't obvious until now it's obvious because we all live in a world where that is what gets asked. But imagine a world where that wasn't customary, where you just basically took the order, but asking the question every time, and that's the thing, every time, not occasionally, not if I think this person looks like a fries person. I just always ask, do you want fries with that? So chances are your core service, your core offering, your core product has some additional parts that go with that either additional services. So if you're an accounting firm and you offer audit services, do you also offer bookkeeping? Do you offer some sort of some level of CFO review with their ownership? Would you like a CFO review? Would you like audit protection with that? Uh, will we charge you a little bit extra for the services, maybe 10, 15% uplift? And for that tax return, if it should be subject to audit, we'll step in and provide you full audit response services uh, already paid for included because you paid basically an insurance premium for that. So just a thought. So think about what is the question you ask, would you want fries with that? Now, a first cousin to this, but not exactly the same thought. So that's ask all the time, ask for that upgrade, that uplift, 
you don't have to be pushy about it. Uh, you just want to make sure they understand that's an option. And, and sometimes they don't know. And, and often when we sell uh, multiple things to our customers, or we, we sell different things to our, our target market, we kind of get used to that and think that everybody knows we offer those things. And yet many times your customer doesn't know you offer those things, those extra things. They don't know you offer wear part replacements for a machine that has wear parts. Uh, and you, so you could offer that. Would you like to have, uh, this is probably going to last you six months. Would you like to have the replacement, got a hot replacement kit on site? Uh, we give you a special price right now. And that leads to the third thing, not just offering it, but now bundling. So start thinking about not just the offer at point of sale or point of negotiation, but also think about creative bundles of things you could offer together and special price it as a unique offering together. So if you have wear parts, you might say, well, would you like uh, me to give you, you know, a year's worth of wear parts included at a special price? That's a bundle. And so when you start thinking about bundles, you can start thinking about your margin and you got to protect your margins, but also the certainty of that volume of business. And so think about, again, understanding their success, how they define success, understand or start taking advantage of moments in the conversation where you could add the, do you need fries with that question? And then morph that, do you need fries with that to say, we have a bundle. It, it took me a while and perhaps all of you figured this out really quickly. But when I would go to like a fast food place, like a McDonald's or a Burger King, and I'd see the bundles, the number one, the number two, number three, I had assumed that maybe at one point it was true that they were discounted together. That isn't the case. If you do the math, it's identical pricing to if you order them a la carte, but they've bundled them for convenience. So bundling isn't just an opportunity to give more value to your customer in terms of maybe a special price, but just the convenience. They don't have to worry about it. That's a big benefit to them. That can be a lot of extra value. So don't think of bundling necessarily as a margin eater. It can be at times. But it can also just be a bigger sale because you solve a problem for your customer in a more comprehensive way. And that brings me to the last thing, which is what things can you actually uh, repeat sale? Again, if you sell anything that has wear parts on it, repeat sales should be self-explanatory, i.e. a subscription of uh, Anybody recently, if you bought an HP printer, they offer to put you, and they really are pretty aggressive about it with their software installations and everything, to actually sign up for the cartridges to be sent to you automatically every month, every quarter, however you think your consumption is going to be. And it's not really special pricing. It's just the convenience that you're not going to be late at night trying to print the report and find out you ran out of ink. That's their premise. That's the whole thing. So what do you have that you could put into some sort of subscription? That could be a service level. So we provide a certain service. That could be a physical thing. Think about what things do people need to come back to us to buy again and again. So let me take it. Success is really saying, what's the impact of what we sold this customer over time from the customer's point of view? Do you want fries with that? What is a nice complimentary something that would go well with what they just bought bundling can i offer them together not necessarily cheaper but more conveniently 
And then anything they repeat by, so just go through your list of customers. What are customers coming back to you for? Or what services are they asking you for regularly? And think about ways you can turn that into a subscription. So those are the things that really pull together our, our next and final episode in this series. We'll pull this together just as a recap for these key principles here. But these five key questions can get you on your way to having a true growth strategy for your B2B business. So thanks again for listening. This has been Jose Palomino, CEO of Value Prop. And if any of this seems like something you'd like to talk about with me, feel free to reach out to me. You can actually uh, just go to josepalomino.com and it actually has a scheduler for me and you can make contact with me. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy to talk and see if you're in in, uh, the US and Canada and you're the owner CEO of a B2B company and you're thinking about how do I improve my strategy? How do I figure out growth at the next level? then reach out and we can have a conversation and see if there's a there there. So looking forward to making contact and certainly uh, hoping that this series has been very beneficial to you and your leadership team. So until next time, this has been Jose Palomino to your great success. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.